Uh, and if you're joining us now on the podcast, we uh, we were not recording. So welcome into the show. We're off to a great start, Andrew. That break was uh, apparently ill-advised, but it looks like we're running okay. Um, anywho, let's get into the Colts talk, Andrew. Uh, free agency this week. Um, the Colts did sign uh, a couple of guys, re-signed a couple of guys, starting out with defensive end, Al-Kadeen Muhammad. Uh, how do we feel about this one-year $3.4 million deal, Andrew? feel pretty good about it. Uh, I'm a fan of Al-Qadim Muhammad. He's a guy that he he doesn't really, he's not going to be a, a full-time starter, I don't think, but he's a great rotational defensive end to have. If he is your your number three D end, and he can play both sides, he can play strong side, he can play weak side, and he's just a guy that will come in and make one or two plays every game. He's he's a really good teammate. He's got a constant motor, um, and, and he's someone that the Colts have been able to rely upon the past couple years and considering the the depth that we currently have at defensive end with only having Kamoko Ture, Taekwon Lewis, Ben Banigou, it's good to have Al-Qadi Muhammad back in the fold to at least provide some depth mm-hmm. and I think as of right now now this I think this definitely will change in a couple weeks when the draft happens but as of right now it seems like Al-Qadi Muhammad could battle with Taekwon Lewis for that strong side defensive end starting spot where Danico Autry had last year. So he's going to have a chance to, to have more playing time. Now, would you rather it, it kind of brings up the question, would you rather him get the start and him have more playing time? Or would you rather have guys like Taekwon Lewis and Ben Banigou get more snaps to see what they have and see if they can develop into the high potential that, that Chris Ballard and the Colts think that they's, or at least thought that these two had when they drafted them. But, but Al-Qadim Muhammad's solid rotational piece and a guy that's, that can be relied on to play both sides um, on that defensive line at, at the end position. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I felt like, and I, I think I saw somebody else say something similar. I of course have had my complaints about someone else complaining about uh, the Al-Qadim Muhammad signing. And uh, we got into that on our own, Andrew don't need to get into it here, but um, I, it felt like last year, almost every game, he was making at least one big play, uh, at least one meaningful play. Now, like you said, I, does is he going to be out snapping the other guys on the team that, you know, the Ben Banigous, um, Kamoko Therese, is that is that going to become an issue again this year where maybe, although Therese was hurt most of last year, but maybe Banigous should have been getting more snaps? I don't know. But after an offseason development, hopefully um, – those guys are taking over some more role, uh, a bigger role with the team um, and getting those snaps. Um, overall, I, I mean, I'm happy with the re-signing. Yeah, I am too. And like I said, if he's if he's able to be that that rotational depth piece that that he was last year, that's fantastic. Now, mm-hmm. if if he's our, one of our starting defensive ends, I don't know if I'm too thrilled about that. But he is a guy that you can depend upon to to come in and have quite a few meaningful snaps right. throughout the game. Big play potential. Uh, you know, it's not like he made a ton, but again, once a game, I mean, is once a game. One big play is, is one big play. Um, another guy the Colts have re-signed, a, more of a depth signing here again, uh, center Joey Hunt. Um, he got a little time this year, Andrew. Uh, not a lot. Did okay. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm okay with this. I, again, just a depth signing, um, I'd say out of, 
the backups that got any playing time on the offensive line, he was probably the most reliable this past year. Yeah, so Joey Hunt, Joey Hunt really didn't get much playing time, but when you remember when when Anthony Costanzo went down in the Raider game and Quentin Nelson shifted over to left tackle for those snaps, mm-hmm. Joey Hunt was the guy that came in at left guard. And Joey Hunt's he's a he's a, again a solid rotational piece he's not going to wow you you don't want him to be a starter but he's a guy that can come in in a pinch and and play and play pretty well uh he's he's a guy that has different flexibility along the interior not only can he play center but he can play guard as well and and when he comes back on a deal that's less than a million dollars for i mean you got to be happy about that. So it's good to have him back. And, and I think we, we noticed the theme, the entire free agency with, that Chris Ballard is, is addressing the depth within the offensive line. I mean, Sam Tevy, Julian Davenport, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Joey Hunt, uh, Chris Reed, who we're going to talk about here in a bit, all of these guys, it's, it's all about creating that competition for the back end of the right. offensive line, because we saw what happened last year when, when Anthony Costanzo went down, when Braden Smith missed some time. I'll just go ahead and uh, get us started back up here. I believe you were discussing uh, the depth that Chris Ballard was uh, addressing that we had issues with in the past. Could you please complete your thought? Yeah, so we'll, let's get back to the offensive line of the Colts and kind of what they've been doing this free agency. We haven't seen them go after uh, big names per se, right. but, but the depth of the offensive line has been a focus with with the signing of Sam Tevy, uh, Julian Davenport, Joey mm-hmm. Hunt, and we're going to talk about Chris Reed here in a bit. But the the when when Anthony Costanzo and Braden Smith went down last year, you, you definitely noticed a fall off and, and it really hurt the Colts last year. Big time. And with, with having a new quarterback come in and, and someone and someone that really needs to build his confidence up and we'd like to be able to protect him the way that we know this Colts offensive line can, mm-hmm. you need to address the depth in case one of those guys go down now, because we have been, we have been pretty lucky with, with our guys, our, our starters on the offensive line playing a lot of snaps and, and staying fair, fairly healthy. But, but when they do go down, we need to have guys that can step in and, and keep, keep the train going. Right. So, so I think Joey hunt, a guy that can play not only center, but he can also play in the guard positions. He's, he's a good piece to have. And someone that I think, has a very good chance of being on the roster uh, come September. Yeah, I would agree. I don't think he's likely to go anywhere because I, I mean, I, we don't have any more depth. I don't think at that at center specifically right now, uh, re-signing right Ryan Kelly. Um, I don't see us drafting anyone, you know, not even to replace uh, Joey hunt for depth, um, especially with the holes that we need to address over specifically at like the left tackle position. Um, mm-hmm. That's, I think, you know, if we were going to go big somewhere in free agency this year, that or defensive end is where I would have thought we would have done so. Uh, and we didn't do either of those. Um, you know, we went small at a re-signing with Al-Kadeen. Um, You know, I, Justin Houston, there's still no news on Justin Houston, correct? He hasn't signed anywhere? 
he hasn't signed anywhere. Justin Houston has visits in Baltimore and in mm-hmm. Houston next week. And and from what everything I've been hearing, the Colts are still open to bringing Justin Houston back. I'm not sure if Justin, he, I'm not sure if he does return to the Colts, um, if it will be till either after the draft or unless it'll be a very cheap deal before the draft. So we'll, we'll have to see. I was thinking about uh, Justin Houston today at the gym. And uh, it, I'm getting this vibe d- due to his age. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he's not getting anywhere near the money he wants uh, on the market. The Colts sure as heck aren't going to pay him, you know, anything outrageous. Is, is this going to turn into a Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison situation where he just ends up, fig- you know, hey, I'm not playing for this money I'm being offered. I'm this when I'm going to retire, um, you know, I, other teams don't see the value that I feel I still bring to the table. Um, you know, so either that or he finally goes, okay, fine, just to stay where I'm at with this team that I like, you know, take my chances and just play for a little less money. I w- you couldn't pay me enough money to go to Houston right now. <laughs> You're not wrong. I mean, that, that's a dumpster fire down there. Something something I think with Justin Houston, though, is he's 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 such a professional and he's someone that, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to be in shape year round, whether yeah. he's in a training camp or not. So if, if it could go out where if he doesn't like what's on the market right now, he could still stay in shape. And maybe when when there's cuts um, or maybe when there's if there's injuries in preseason ball. Justin mm-hmm. Houston might be able to sign with the team and and fill a prominent role at that time sure. too. So I don't think Justin Houston himself really is in any rush to sign anywhere either. And, and honestly, I don't think he should be. Um, he should be able to pick where he wants to go, the right fit for him, and you know he's going to be ready when he's called upon. If you're joining us now or rejoining, we want to welcome you again to episode 69. Nice. Nice. Of the F. Educated fan. Uh, you know, Andrew, I really appreciate our YouTube listeners. They've been through uh, the thick of things with our technical uh, errors and issues that we've had, and we appreciate you guys. Um, so more moves in free agency. Andrew, we did sign a couple of guys from other teams, um, including guard Chris Reed uh, from the Carolina Panthers one year, nine hundred eighty-seven thousand. Uh, another depth signing on the offensive line. Yeah, and Chris Reed, he actually started quite a few games for the Panthers last year. When you look at his mm-hmm. film, he's he's a very athletic guard and a guy that that kind of almost reminds you of Mark Lewinsky in a sense, where where he's able to get to that second level and he's able to make really good blocks, especially in his zone scheme which is what the Colts use. Right. So Chris, Chris Reed is, is a very under the radar signing. And I think he, it'll be between him, uh, Joey hunt, Danny Pinter. I think two out of those three will make the roster. So, Again, he I think him and Joey Hunt could be neck and neck for that final interior lineman spot. So Chris Reed's a guy that that you might not know. I think he was an undrafted free agent um, in 2015, uh, was with the Jaguars, then went to the Panthers, and, and now the one-year deal with the Colts. And and like I said, he's an athletic guard, and he's he makes mm-hmm. he makes some pretty big holes. He's not afraid to push people around. So, and again, that just falls right in line with what we were talking about. Chris Ballard is prioritizing the offensive line depth in this free agency period. And, and whether you like his philosophy or not, 
not, as far as not going after the big guys or not overspending. This is this is how Chris Ballard's going to operate. He's going to use free agency more as depth and more as as little pieces here and there. And the big pieces are going to come through the draft and, and trying to build their own. So, uh, but Chris Reed, I really like that signing. I think it's, I think it creates great competition again along that offensive line and, and somebody that, that if he does make the roster and, and has a good year, say if, if one of the interior guys gets injured, God forbid, it could be a guy that, that comes back next year. Even he's, he's got great potential. Yeah, I had another really cool picture of him. Uh, I guess this one's not really cool, but it shows his face. Uh, I had another cool one where he was actually blocking uh, some Colts defensive linemen, but I don't even remember who it was. I didn't look that close because I just went with the picture I did. Um, Safety, Sean Davis from the Steelers. Uh, I don't know much about the guy, but I do know a lot about the Steelers' defense this past year. And even if this dude was on that roster... Uh, my guess is he can at least kind of ball. Uh, if not, he's at least got some Mike Tomlin discipline behind him, which uh, would explain why the Colts um, were willing to sign him uh, as, you know, character is such a big deal to them. So uh, no surprise that they're willing to take somebody off the Steelers defensive roster. Yeah, so Sean Davis is a guy who started quite a bit at safety for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, back in 2017, 2018. He was one of their starting safeties. Mm -hmm. And then in 2019, I think he was injured. And then last year, he was more relegated to a backup or a a special teams role. So I think for Sean Davis, I think what you're going to see is somebody that, that can play both safeties. I would say he's not as great as a free safety he's more of the strong safety type but he's again he's a piece for depth and and somebody that with Malik Hooker gone the Colts want to I think the Colts want to go back to playing more three safety looks last year with with the injuries in at the safety position they really couldn't do that so when you have Julian Blackman Kari Willis uh, George Odom Sean Davis you have you have multiple guys that that have plenty of experience at safety or are just playmakers at the safety position and mm-hmm. that gives Matt Eberflus some flexibility in playing those three safety looks or or he just comes in and, and really just takes that, you know, that Tavon Wilson role where where he plays sure. he is a core special teamer, but but when called upon, he can come in. And hopefully he plays better than Tavon Wilson, because Tavon Wilson really didn't do that well mm-hmm. coming in for Kari Willis last year. But but he's got plenty of experience and he's a very good special teamer, um, which which the Colts are always looking for their their backups to be able to contribute on that side of the ball as well. How old is he? Do you know off the top of your head? I think he's only been in the league for maybe five years or so, four or five years. So he's not, he's, he's not particularly old either. So he's still got plenty of leg under him. Perfect. Uh, Anything else, Andrew, in regards to any of the guys that we have signed or re-signed? I don't think we lost anybody else this week. No, right? we, we didn't. Nobody from the Colts that was on the Colts last year signed anywhere this week. But I, I think you can kind of just you see the theme of what this free agency has been about for Indianapolis. Yeah. And it's been about getting depth, guys. It's not about making the huge splashes. And, and we've retained some of our own as our, our big splashes. That that's what they've been. Resigning T.Y. Hilton, resigning Xavier Rhodes, resigning Marlon Mack. Mm-hmm. Those have been the the big splashes per se. And the rest have been more for for depth pieces and 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 I think that's what Chris Ballard wanted to focus on and we're gonna get our 
our big pieces, our big additions to this team, it's going to be through the draft in the next couple of weeks. So, which we're going to be getting into some pretty heavy draft talk, um, which I'm really excited about. So, yep. um, now I, I added this to, to the outline here. What, and I want you to go first. What, what grade would you give the Colts free agency so far? Or yeah. just free agency in general? Cause it's pretty much over. It's, it's it's hard to grade just on an overall scale. I'm if if you force me to uh, say how do you how do you feel about free agency overall? I'd say B or B minus, um, and that's just because at that point you got to factor in how did you feel going into free agency? What were your hopes? And even if I knew it was more realistic that it wouldn't happen, I'm I'm a little bummed out that we didn't sign any bigger names. Uh, any any guys that are experienced um, to fill a couple of big holes that we have. Now, I'm not losing my mind over it. I'm also, I mean, if, if you take out the factor that, you know, the emotional factor of it, B+. Plus. I think the guys that we re-signed were huge, um, especially T.Y. Uh, I think, I thought the Marlon Mack signing was incredible. He was another guy that said he was, I think, getting offered more money. Uh, not much more, I'm sure, but um uh, he was being offered more money outside of uh the Colts so um him and TY getting them on kind I mean call it what it is kind of a hometown discount uh that felt good so <laughs> overall B minus you know if i take the, the my hopes and dreams out of what we did maybe B plus okay See, I'm going to go a little bit lower. I think I'm going to go about a C plus because <gasps> looking looking at what we've done, I don't really think the needle has moved much. I, I do think we we've we haven't gotten worse, but I don't know how much we've gotten better either. Because I mean, you lose an Anthony Costanzo. You right now we don't have Justin Houston well, or Danico Autry, and and you think about it, this is just free agency though. But it was yeah, but I losing Costanzo, that's not. That's not a free agency loss. That's just a retirement right. loss. I mean, but just like because we're not factoring in Carson Wentz. Well, at the same time, you can't. We haven't found a replacement for him yet either, right? Because if if you feel comfortable putting Sam Tevy out there at left tackle starting week one, I'm not too com. I'm not too comfortable with that. So right. that's why I think I think C plus because we didn't make any major moves outside of resigning like T.Y. Hilton and Xavier Rhodes. But I think if we didn't re-sign those guys, we'd be looking at probably D's and we'd be in trouble because, yeah. like I said, the, we, it's been all of our signings have been mostly for depth. And, and outside of, we know T.Y. Hilton's wide receiver one, Xavier Rhodes is cornerback one. Yeah, Marlon Mack's going to get run at, at running back two probably. But but Alquadine Muhammad, you don't really want him as your starter. He's more of a rotational guy. Yeah. Sam Tevy, Julian Davenport. I, I mean, I'm not a ba- fan of him. He's on the little Raven Clark level for me. Uh, but but then the rest of the guys, if if you have Joey Hunt playing a lot of snaps, Chris Reed playing a lot of snaps, Sean Davis playing a lot of snaps, that means that one of Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, and Mark Gawinski's injured. That means that that Julian Blackman or Kari Willis is mm-hmm. injured, and those are really good guys for us. So you yeah. don't necessarily want these guys playing a lot of snaps. So That's the good thing about you know depth signings, Andrew, is, is they don't have to play snaps, but the issue last year, our biggest issue was depth in, in key positions that 
we we didn't know were an issue because the year before that, left tackle, for example, Costanzo didn't miss a damn snap. So we we didn't have to worry about those guys that were behind him. Now we discovered, okay, we do. So what is Chris Ballard doing? He's addressing the issue on the team, which was depth. Honestly, other than Justin Houston, you know, we haven't, and, and Costanzo, obviously, we didn't lose much. So as long as our, those depth signings are there, they made the depth a little bit better, we hope. Um, hopefully we don't have to find out, like you said, but and again, I think I think, think Danico Autry is a bigger loss than than you might think. Oh, yeah, Danico Autry, Danico Autry was Autry. pretty big last yeah. year, but but that's the thing. That's why I kind of give it a C plus because I don't think we took a major leap forward. But yeah. did we take a step back? I mean, I don't really say I don't really think that either. I think with these depth signings, we're definitely better protected against injury. And there's definitely more competition in those spots that were addressed. But again, I don't think there was a single guy on that team where you're like, okay, we're better at the starting position here than we were last year as far as free agency goes. What's your grade if you factor in the Carson Wentz trade? Carson Wentz trade, it goes up to probably a B to a B plus because I think Carson Wentz with especially with with how he's been working with Pittman and and hearing it from T.Y. this week because T.Y. Hilton had his first throwing session with Carson Wentz Mm -hmm. and and the way he talked about how how the ball just flew out of Carson Wentz's hands and how how excited T.Y. was Mm -hmm. that means a lot because T.Y. wouldn't be that excited wouldn't say that if he if he didn't really mean it he would just say oh yeah it went good but when Pat was talking about how he had texted with T.Y. Hilton over the weekend, T.Y. was generally was like genuinely excited. And he talked right. about how he's got some Andrew Luck traits, which I know T.Y. Hilton wants to get back to. So if especially if those two can get a connection, yeah. Wentz has already been throwing with Michael Pittman, with Jack Doyle, with Paris Campbell. Like the, he's already starting to to make these connections. And and I think if you factor in the the Carson Wentz deal, mm-hmm. I would put that up to probably a B around a B for me. Okay. Yeah. I, Carson Wentz. I, I still think, uh, what was it? Even, uh, Mel Kuyper, one of your favorite, uh, ESPN, uh, talking heads, Andrew, uh, Mel Kuyper said the Eagles letting Carson Wentz go might be one of the dumbest moves in NFL history. Yeah. I mean, it very well could. Our boy <laughs> it could play out that way. And if it, and if it doesn't, then he goes, well, I, you know, I didn't say for sure. Our boy Dan Orlovsky, who's a close personal friend to you, uh, yeah, he's we chat, he loves we the mood, and I, I mean, poor poor Dan Orlovsky just getting destroyed by the media this the, the over these past couple of weeks. They need to lay off him. Was it over the but, Justin Fields thing? Well, yeah, over the Justin Fields thing. It's tough, but yeah. Hey, did you he's see? A big boy. Did you see Pat's allowed to have ESPN people back on? Yeah, Dane was on there. Yeah, and uh, Ariel Hawani. Hmm. Yeah, one of one of my uh, my and he, it's not like I'm unique in this aspect. Any MMA fan probably thinks Ariel's their their favorite reporter. I mean, he's been like MMA's number one uh, reporter, like SB winner for like a million years in a row. Um, anywho, this is a football podcast, Andrew. God, keep it straight. <laughs> um, let's move along to. With the next pick, I want to say this is a Colts uh, image, Colts property. Don't know if I can use this. Covered up their sponsor on it, so <laughs> uh, I think we're doing good there. Um, I often use things I don't know if we can use. We don't make any yeah. money. We just we go for it. We don't make money doing this. Yeah. If, I start, if we start making money, I start getting in trouble, I'll start fixing things, you know? Until then, 
I fucking love football and I love you guys. You know? Uh, that's the property HBO and the NFL probably. <laughs> um, with the next pick. So, Andrew, what did you think about episode one? With the next pick, everyone, like I said earlier, if you're just now tuning in, this is there. This episode was like just under 13 minutes. It's a little documentary series. The Colts do what six episodes? Usually six episodes. Six each episodes. Year. Um, it's just a little documentary leading up to the draft and kind of shows the Colts' process and the scouts get a little bit of shine in this. Um, vice, what, what what's the the assistant GM? Uh, was as Ed Dodds. Ed Dodds. Dodds. I knew it was Dodds. Um. You know, he gets a little shine in, in this show. So, Andrew and I have been watching the last couple off seasons. We think it's really fun. Um, but, yeah, Andrew, what did you think about episode one this year? Yeah, so it was it was really cool. So, the first episode they talked about, they followed around the, the East Coast area scout, Mike DeReese, and then the West Coast uh, scout, uh, Chris uh, Chris Magaha. Mm-hmm. And, and they followed them around kind of showing how they were navigating things and being able to scout during – during COVID-19 and and how much more difficult it was because generally the, the guys are able to go to the schools and go to practice, be able to talk to everybody. And they couldn't do that this year. Uh They could only go to the games and kind of watch from afar. So they really talked about the relationships that they were kind of leaning on as far as being able to, to learn more of the character aspect because with the Colts and we're going to talk about this next week when we start dissecting these draft prospects, Character means more to the Colts probably than any other team. They, yeah. they go so in-depth on character to want to figure out what what the guy's floor is and how much they really love football. And not only love football, but the guys and how they are in the locker room, how they are in the community, mm-hmm. things like that. And, and a lot of that you can't do because the scouts – like I said, can't be on campus, can't be at the schools. So they really have to rely on their past relationships and making calls to, to all these people to really find out as much as they can about, about these players since they yeah. have such limited access to them this year. Yeah. And when all, when all their hard work, you know, I don't want to say starts. I mean, their, their job is a year round job, but mm-hmm. I mean, some, of some, a, a lot of work they get in at one point is when everything was so uncertain with COVID, it was hard to tell um, how things were going to be. We're being extra cautious, everybody, you know. So, yeah, their jobs got a hell of a lot more difficult uh, this past year. Um, the I think the East Coast guy with the, the black hair and the glasses. Mike Therese. Um, yeah, uh, he he really talked about how long. I, I mean, he said he, he's been in the business with the Colts for how long? I mean, for it sounded like a long time. And- been quite a few years i think he might have been there with i think he might have even been a holdover from the grigson days but i'm not entirely sure on that well he's learned a lot since then i hope um (laughs) he anyway he i mean he really talked about like you said uh the relationships that he had had in the past and relying on those um to get access to players in the first place um and then just in general um getting opinions on players and whatnot um what else what else do you like about this episode? I've got I've got a fun little thing to pull up here and, and add to the picture here for the fans, but um, that I found interesting, but I'll let you keep going. Yeah, so I think I think the one thing that stuck out to me is you don't really I mean you hear about the scouts all the time, but but you don't really know what their lives are like. These guys are on the road 
so much like they, yeah. they were talking about how basically they were on the road for two weeks they were going to be home for a little bit to see their family and then yeah. they'd go right yeah. back on the road these guys are are just out there constantly grinding and they're, they're traveling going from school to school and and when they're not they're in hotel rooms just breaking down film creating reports to send them into their into the colts scouting database that that they all have access to so it's, it's definitely a grind and you really have to love football and love your job to be able to be good at that and, and do it for a long time yeah and, and uh, you can tell that that the, 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 these guys especially and i'm sure everyone on the colts scouting staff feels this way they absolutely love it and, and they wouldn't trade their job for for anything but it was it was just kind of crazy to see the, the grind that they go through and and how much these guys are, are constantly watching film constantly Constantly traveling from school yeah. to school and it, it kind of I, I just i think this is what that the next with the next pick series is all about just gives a little behind the scenes of what these guys are actually going through all year and then leading up to the draft yeah you would love that job andrew i would <laughs> you would love that job um so something that stood out to me it was during uh let's throw the picture up here it was during uh the scene where basically Chris Ballard um, was doing his end of the year press conference, but he had outside cameras. Like, so we got the view of Chris Ballard through, you know, just the webcam, but somebody was in there recording all this and they zoom in on, um, and I've got the picture up here, Andrew, you'll get to see when you watch Um, podcast listeners. If you want to see the picture, I guess you'll just have to go watch this on YouTube next time. Um, but anywho, he's got a couple binders. One says 2020-2021 off-season schedules and depth charts. Um, and then the 2021-2022 off-season schedules and depth charts. You you would think the 2021-2022 is for the 2021 season this year, right? So when I first Correct. saw this, I was thinking next off-season, I'm like, damn, Chris Ballard plans ahead, right? Um, he's already filling shit in for next off-season. But... Um, then I, re- I was like, oh, no, that's this season. But it did give me, like, put the question in my head, how soon do you think that binder's made? So Probably. the next one will, the next one in the in his stack here is going to be 2022-2023 offseason. How, how early do you think that binder's made up? Probably once this draft is over. And oh then they'll just, because, because they start, they start, they start scouting prospects that from the time they step on campus. So from their yeah. freshman year on, they, they, they're scouting these guys. So it's not mm-hmm. just like, okay, who's draft eligible. Let's start looking into them now. Yeah. The, the Colts staff start watching film there. These guys freshman year and start talking to coaches about them, their freshman mm-hmm. year. So, so as soon as the draft ends, they might take a couple weeks off to, to kind of relax. But, but Chris Ballard's talked about it before. As soon as the draft ends, they move right forward to, to the 2023, or 2022 draft it's it's almost an instantaneous process because other teams are doing it as well uh how much money would you pay to take one of these binders oof i would probably i'd pay a good amount of money just to just to tour and see be in the be in the draft room during during all this but i want to know what you would pay for one of these binders (laughs) a few hundred dollars okay last year's binder already all done It'd be, it'd be very interesting. You get to to see see, like the thought. I mean, I assume Chris, Chris Ballard's brain is on these pages, right? So you get to see what happened. Okay. How much would you pay for this one? Like this season's before the draft season before the draft right now for this 2021, 2022. 
I'd probably empty out my savings to see all that information. <laughs> oh, that's that's very valuable information. <laughs> oh boy, that's hilarious. Okay, Danny, sorry, you guys are broke. Um, okay, Andrew, uh, let's move it along to. I mean, unless you have something else to say about the show, looking no, forward to episode was, two. Why do great. we not have an episode two yet? I don't know. They, they holiday. Didn't, they didn't put one out this week. Neither did we. Yeah, there you go. They're just following our schedule. Um, <laughs> um, sure. Let's see. It was Don't they usually release on Sundays? And it was Easter. No, nah, usually it's on. It's in the middle of the week, like Tuesday. You can just or, fucking lie and say, yeah, Sundays. I, I'm a man of the people. I got to keep it straight with them. I think you'd have your co-host back. But what do I know? <laughs> All right. Um, free agent signings uh, around the league. Andrew, defensive tackle, Jaron Reed to the Chiefs. Um I, I, I don't know anything about Jaron Reed. Really? At this point, per- I, I feel like he any a, of these guys, damn near. I know a few. He was a pretty of them. big piece on the Seahawks defensive line last year, and he ended up getting cut because they, they just couldn't afford him. And, and he goes to the Chiefs to prepare oh, next to Chris Jones. So it's going to be a pretty formidable inside of that defensive line for, for Kansas City. Defensive tackle, Danny Shelton. Uh, signs with the Giants. Andrew has here in the notes that he would have the amount of years and amount of money that these guys made, and he does not have that in there. Man, um, but you get it. Our information guy is slacking. Um, anything to say on Danny Shelton? Danny Shelton was a guy that I thought maybe maybe the Colts might might come in if he was going to be cheap, add some competition, but he yeah. goes to the Giants, and the Giants have been making plenty of moves this offseason. And defensive back, Quentin Dunbar, know that name, to the Lions. Uh, you're not a big fan of Dunbar, if I remember correctly. Not not really. I mean, he's all right, but I don't think for the Colts specifically, I really wouldn't want him, but he's he's not really a, a guy that excites me too much. Mm-hmm. Um, absolute piss missile thrower, uh, Colt McCoy to the Cardinals. Uh, what's his face? Quarterback. Uh, is going to have some geez. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, thank you. Um, he's going to have have some good experience behind him. Uh, good backup quarterback. I've heard other yeah. quarterbacks talk about Colt McCoy um, as the as their backup, and he's a valuable asset to a young guy. I think that's going to be big for Kyler Murray. Yeah, I agree. I think Colt McCoy is a good fit behind Kyler Murray because he's 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 a very smart quarterback and he's been a backup for a long time so he'll be able to provide Kyler Murray with some with some good insight as he continues to develop former Colts safety and special teams specialist Matthias Farley joins his second AFC South team the Titans his third NFL team overall um Notre Dame grad I used to work with his sister. I've talked about this repetitively. Uh, when I lived in North Carolina, she follows me on Instagram. If you want the proof, go check it out. Um, anywho, uh, good for him. I, I'm glad he's still, you know, on a roster. The average time, the average NFL career, Andrew, is only about three years. Right. Which is absurd when you think about the amount of people in mm-hmm. the NFL. And you can name how many that have played Five, ten, fifteen. Hell, now the the list of people that have played twenty years is growing. Um, so you know, I'm glad he's made it past that three year mark. Yeah, I I'm a big Matthias Farley fan. He was a really good guy, good for the locker room, just phenomenal just, guy. Yeah, exactly. And there just wasn't a spot for him on the Colts. So I hope he hope he does good does well in Tennessee. 
And Josh Allen's getting a little protection at the offensive tackle position. Bobby Hart to the Bills. Yeah, uh, that one I think more is just depth. depth. Uh, the next the next guy, I, I've got a story about this. So Ooh. Micah Simon, wide receiver, signed with the Panthers this week. This kid, good for him. So last year he was, I think he came out of, I think he's from BYU. Last year, because COVID shut everything down, he went undrafted and and didn't get a chance to sh- have a pro day or or really anything. Didn't even get an invite to to an NFL camp. Well, this guy comes back and he's been working over the past year. He comes to BYU's pro day, catches passes from from Zach Wilson with all these teams watching Zach Wilson, goes out and runs like a four three forty, and the Panthers sign him this week. So good for him for chase good for him for chasing his dream, not giving up and 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 shooting killing his shot when he had the chance. So good good for Micah Simon. That's awesome to hear. Hey, uh just because you mentioned him catching passes uh for Zach Wilson, uh did you hear basically uh Mac Jones talked uh what's that guy's name? Devontae Smith. Mm-hmm. The receiver, he he wasn't going to work out. The that right, wide receiver wasn't going to work out uh, for Alabama's pro day, and uh, Mac Jones talked him into running routes for him, and then they I ended up that. tearing it up. Um, you got to wonder if that was planned. <laughs> you know, like he's like, "Hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to tell uh, all these teams that you're not going to work out, and then I'm going to talk you into working out with me." Um, and running routes, which is going to make me look like a superb leader, and it's going to make you look awesome because you're an incredible wide receiver, um, and it's just going to up your stock. Um, and then also it's going to make it look like you're a team player. So we're both getting some character additions to our stock draft and skill, some skill added to our draft stock. So great move if that's what happened. I mean, absolutely. Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith is Marvin Harrison 2.0. That kid Woo! can ball. What my probably my favorite wide receiver in this class, and that's saying some because oh, God, Jamar yeah. Chase is unbelievable. I, I I would think so. Who's the best corner in the draft, Andrew? I I want to I want I want you to tell me who you think it is because Chris Sims has an opinion, and I want to see if yours is the same. My the best corner in the draft, I think, is Patrick Sertan. Of with, course, I can't think of this guy's name. With Caleb Farley and and, J- and J.C. Horn, probably neck and neck for number two. Would you? Do you think that maybe your opinion would be different if Farley would have played this year last year because he opted out? Right. I. I. I mean, maybe his. The yeah. what? What concerns me about Farley more is his injuries, injuries. but it sounds like those are. Um, from everything that's coming out of Indianapolis, mm-hmm. it sounds like those his injuries aren't too much of a concern. I, I, I mean, I, I think both Sertan and Farley and Horn um, are all going to be very good pros. That's a um, big loss for teams. That's something out of the combine. Uh, that's that's the biggest loss for teams, in my opinion, other than seeing these guys uh, up close and personal, which they can do throughout these pro days now, um, is the medical side of things. They don't get to get – their medical guys don't get to get their hands on these guys, especially the ones with, you know, questionable health history. So, not sure if you knew this. So, as soon as this the NCAA tournament ended in Indy and all those guys cleared out mm-hmm. – they are doing a medical combine in Indy right now. The 150 what? prospects. Yeah, 150 Is prospects. Is this news today? 
No, this has been all throughout this Shit. week. <laughs> all right. The top 150 prospects are in Indy right now getting medical evaluations and, and it's, it's limited to who can be there. Typically the entire medical staff for each team can be there. Now it's limited to just one team doc, one team doctor and one team uh, like athletic trainer. I was let down by one of my sources. (laughs) But they're still able to, to get all these medicals done. And that's where a lot of these these big time prospects, especially the ones with injury concerns are going there. So, so teams can look at them to help boost their stock. That's great news. Chris, Chris Sims thinks uh, Farley should, should be the number one corner um, just based on his, on his tape and maybe even a top 10 pick. I mean, I could see Farley going in the top 10. I could see Farley going in the top 10. I could see Patrick Sertan going in the top 10. Both. Okay. I mean, both, both would be really good fits to Dallas at 10. Okay, off my tangent. It's never me. Um, <laughs> finally, me. Andrew, some guys that have re-signed with their current teams, uh, defensive tackle Mike Daniels for the Bengals, and defensive end Tyson Alualu, Steelers. Yeah, I think out of those, Mike Daniels is probably the biggest one because the Bengals' defensive line really doesn't have too many pieces. So if Mike Daniels especially being there will we'll help give them a little beef up front. Okay. Um, news around the league, Andrew. This is literally the biggest section in the notes, guys. It's the biggest section in the notes, and Andrew has five minutes sitting next to it. <laughs> he is out of his Hold on. Hold on. He is out. Oh, shit. I got rid of the the, the, the bleep. We do not bleep care. Anymore. We do not care. Anywho, <laughs> um, NFL officially moved to a 17-game regular season last week, um, which adds the Colts versus the Bucks as our 17th game in Indy. Um, Andrew and I you already talked. that's going to be a Sunday night football game finally at Lucas Oil Stadium? Since oh, absolutely. Hosted, since the Colts haven't hosted one in God knows how absolutely long. Absolutely it will be. I hope so. A hundred percent. Um I I, I I mean unless the Bucks just take or uh or we the Bucks or the Colts <laughs> just take an absolute shit this year. Um yeah, I would imagine that's gonna be flexed to Sunday night. Didn't they add this new TV deal too added some more flex options as well? I believe games can be flexed to Monday night too. Um, I don't know if does that. I don't know if that kicks in this year for it officially I kicks in in twenty twenty two. So next year, but I think next year too is the first year outside of the current Directv NFL Sunday Ticket deal, which I looked this up a long time ago. But I think this that not this year, but the next year is the first year that deal's over. And my assumption is the NFL will just maintain rights to that themselves and stream the games themselves. Through NFL Sunday ticket, a streaming only, at least adding a streaming only option. They've got to. DirecTV won't let it happen right now. Anyway, um, I'm a big fan of this. Andrew hates it. That's fine. I don't care. Um, <laughs> NFL announced this week that phase one of OTAs can begin on April 19th. Listen, the the union is using last year as a as a an excuse to be like, we'll see. The season could go on without OTAs and the off-season workouts and blah, 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 blah. Hey, man, how many players got hurt last year compared to any other year? I would assume it's a high amount. Two, how many young guys didn't make teams because they didn't have the chance to to, to go to those workouts, They so they never got extra snaps. They didn't get looked at enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
number three, I mean, I didn't think I didn't think we had great football early in the year last year. Yeah. I, well, and the thing is, too, the OTAs they're voluntary, so it's yeah, not like you but, have to be there either. So yeah, I don't. don't. I mean, but at the end of the day, Andrew, especially if you're a middle, like a mid tier play, right. you know, guy skill wise, you're always worried that one, a younger, cheaper guys out there, you know, at those optional, you know, practices performing well and taking your job right out from under you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, like two, if you're a mid tier guy or a low tier guy, you got to be there. I mean, you played sports in high school. Were you with the optional stuff? Yeah. Every single one, right? Yeah. Right. Had to be. I, I did. I, otherwise I wouldn't play in a, sh- a snap, a minute, a nothing. Um, so I get it's optional, but they're necessary. I, I just don't, um, I just can't fathom them getting taken away. Hey, Aaron Rodgers, I love you. Okay. But you don't have to fucking show up to OTAs, man. No one's benching you. Okay. Those Aaron Rodgers needs to keep hosting Jeopardy. He's been doing incredible. a phenomenal job. Incredible. Um, moving along. Goodell Roger, that is, says, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> what's, uh, what's, what's the Jimmy from the Colts equivalent of Roger Goodell? Roger from Roger from the NFL. <laughs> Raji. Raj. Raji. Raj. Raj. <laughs> oh um, Goodell says the NFL plans to have full stadiums this fall. Hey. That's incredible. Love it. Love I hope it. it happens. I hope it's true. It was very weird going to Lucas Oil Stadium last year and only having what it was a 12 percent or whatever it was but hey there was was a bright side too there was a bright side a lot of space put (laughs) your feet down on the seat in front of you like you're in the movie theater uh getting out of town wasn't so hard you know getting out of the parking space there there were some nice aspects i'd rather it be loud rumbling tumbling though right exactly excited for that uh roger goodell is not a man who says shit that he doesn't intend to make happen uh so Good for us. Uh, Jets trade. This is probably the biggest news in the last week and a half. Um, Jets trade QB Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers for a 2021 sixth round pick, a 2022 second round pick, and a 2022 fourth round pick. Carolina also picks up Darnold's fifth year option for 2022. Um, I mean, the Jets are going to get Zach Wilson. Yeah, so why not get probably. rid of Sam Darnold? That I, I I assume that's the idea there. They probably should have done that earlier before it was obvious that the Jets were out on Sam Darnold. Um, but the Panthers just given up on Teddy Bridgewater after one year. Um, does not look good, in my opinion, for them. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't know what's going to happen to Teddy Bridgewater, but I'd assume Sam Darnold's going to be the starter. Yeah, after they, what they, they gave given- up. They've given Teddy Bridgewater permission to to find a trade partner or or go out and talk to other teams. Uh, as far as he'll be the, a backup pa- wherever he goes. Yeah, as far as the Panthers are concerned, I, I like the move because it obviously seems like they they would probably would have had to give up more draft capital to go and get like go up to number four and take like Trey Lance or Justin Field or Mac Jones, whoever's left after the 49ers mm-hmm. uh, don't take them. And, and obviously they liked what they saw enough with Sam Darnold to, to be able to make that move. And, and I'm, I've talked about it on the show. I'm a fan of Sam Darnold. I, I think I, he was I in a, too. I think he was in a terrible situation in New York and in, in, 
in Carolina, he's going to have weapons around him. He's going to have Christian McCaffrey. He's paired back with Robbie Anderson, who he he had a connection with in in New York until Robbie left for Carolina. Mm -hmm. DJ Moore is still on that team. And and you just got to, I think now this kind of switches things for the Panthers to put a left tackle in there and just start building around Sam Darnold. Give him the chance, give him the chance and the opportunity to, to prove himself. And I think, I think that Sam will do well in Carolina and, and the Panthers have been aggressive wanting to make a move for a quarterback all off season. So it doesn't surprise me um, as far as Teddy Bridgewater. I think he can go, find a, a maybe try to find a backup spot he's probably going to have to rework his deal because he's got a pretty expensive deal but but we'll have to see um now as far as on the jets and i mean if, if they're if they're very very convinced that zach wilson is going to be the next big thing and i'm a huge zach wilson fan as well yep. i like zach wilson more than i do sam darnold but but again this the Jets now have to they have to do what they didn't do with Sam Darnold yeah. and that's surround Zach Wilson with talent. You're gonna have your young QB now build your offensive line. You got a good start with Makai Becton. Get get some more pieces on that offensive line. You have you have Corey Davis and uh, Denzel Mims mm-hmm. and Jamison Crowder. You have some weapons for him, yeah. but now you got to protect him. And so I think that's where it starts for the Jets. And, and if they want to make this one work, they need to not, not screw around and, and mess up these, these picks that they're going to build around you, Zach Wilson. Do you think they should have just traded? Do you think they should have traded back? Did you already say that? Should they have traded back just to surround Sam Darnold? Or, I mean, is Zach Wilson going to end up being so good that, you know, it, it this is going to turn out to be the better option? But you got to stop the revolving door of coaches right. and, and quarterbacks. Right. And it's, I think, I think they were in a good spot either way, honestly, mm-hmm. because I think if you, if you do trade back or even if you stayed at number two and drafted like Kyle Pitts or somebody to pair with Sam Darnold, I think that definitely would have helped. If you would have traded back, you would have had a ton of pieces, but, but then again, when you're at number two and, and like it's the Jets, but every team doesn't, Every team thinks they're not going to draft this high again when they're at number two. So yep. go out, get get Zach Wilson. You have now a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal for five more years instead of Sam Darnold, who would only be there for two. So you kind of reset it financially, and you still have a ton of draft capital to go out and, and build around Zach Wilson. So I think this was probably the better move for the Jets to trade Sam Darnold away, mm-hmm. but I do think Sam Darnold if he's put in the right situation, can have success as well. Um, my opinion on that, Andrew, I don't know if maybe they should have, but I'm surprised they didn't. I thought Sam Darnold, if he ended up getting traded to the Colts, I was I was going to be okay with that too. You know, that mm-hmm. wouldn't have been my first pick. I'm happy with Carson Wentz, but I wouldn't have been upset about getting Sam Darnold. I think he has potential to be a good quarterback still. Um, but, you know, part of the reason Bob Sala w- went to the Jets, he said – and, you know, maybe this was just one of those ploys to try to make sure Sam Darnold's uh, draft capital stayed up. But, you know, he said part of the reason he chose the Jets was Sam Darnold. Now Sam Darnold's out the door. Uh, but who knew, you know, you know, Bob Sala maybe at that point didn't know, oh, you know what, we have third pick. Oh, Zach Wilson, you watch this guy's tape. So, uh, yeah, and obviously and I, he's not I, the GM. but Right. I don't think they make this move, though, unless Robert Sala's on board. 
And, sure. and yeah. so they, he, he was probably on board with this. He probably, he probably knew that, that it was probably best for Sam Darnold to move mm-hmm. on. But when you, when you go to a team, obviously the kind of person that, that Robert Sala is, he's not going to throw Sam Darnold under the bus. So no. it's he, after the evaluation and everything, he, he was probably on board with that as well. Okay. Um, Andrew, the Atlanta Falcons have received calls from multiple teams in regards to trading for the fourth pick. If, it, it right now it, it the Falcons don't trade back who do who do you I mean and obviously we're going to get into draft stuff later but I mean Matt Ryan is, has years left we've talked about Matt Ryan ourselves and said Matt Ryan was playing good football there he's not the mm-hmm. reason uh the Falcons were struggling last year if, if they don't give up that pick to all these teams who now you know be once the quarterback's position starts to fill up one two three other teams panic and want to trade up to make sure they get the one that's left or the two, mm-hmm. one of the two that's left. So teams start panicking. I mean, the Falcons could get a lot from that. What's who, who's worth not trading back to take if you're the Falcons. So for the Falcons, they could go a bunch of different ways. Uh, like, like we said, I don't, I don't think Matt Ryan's the problem. Matt Ryan mm-hmm. is, is only turning 36 and we've seen quarterbacks that have played till they're 39, 40. And so I think Matt Ryan still has some good years left now. Do they want to draft Matt Ryan's successor like Trey Lance and Justin Fields uh-huh. and sit him for a year or two? That's always an option. Yeah. If not, they could draft like Kyle Pitts and 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 put him oh, as that that other weapon next to Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. But, but really Hooper. it was the basically take over the Austin Hooper role, but just in a different way because Kyle Pitts is a unicorn and one of the best tight end prospects we've ever seen. Yeah. And so you could do that, but really it was on the defensive side of the ball where the Falcons had their, most of their mm-hmm. issues. So their best option would be to, to entice one of these teams like, like a Denver, if Denver's not sold on drew lock, like, like the lions, if the lions really want are fall in love with a quarterback, even though they've got Jared Goff, you, you never know with this new regime and with the lions, they could try to jump up. I've heard over the past week that the, the Washington football team is, has fallen in love with Trey Lance and, and is looking at all the avenues that they can think of to try to get up and, and take Trey Lance. So I think if you're the Falcons, you definitely have to listen. And if you're not going to take a quarterback, your best interest is to take the best deal that you you can get trade down and add pieces to that offense because you're going to have Matt Ryan for a few years. You might as well just try to build around him and make a go at it. Sure. Um, Seahawks and wide receiver Tyler Lockett agree on a monster four year, $69.2 million extension with 37 million guaranteed. Good for Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett reminds me of, I mean, he's obviously, I don't think he's on the level of T Y Hilton, but he kind of liked T.Y. Hilton. He's like a smaller guy, and he's he's very quiet. Nobody really talks about him, but he's a damn good wide receiver. Yeah. So uh, good good for him. Don't blink. He'll run right past you. Oh, yeah. Um, Raiders and offensive tackle. Colt Miller agree on a three-year, $54 million extension, $42.6 million guaranteed. Also good for Colt Miller. So he is the first guy from the 2018 draft class to get an extension. So this this could be kind of in the area that Braden Smith might get um, for an extension, something in in this value. Uh, but it kind of shows you that the the extensions of like Quentin Nelson, Darius Leonard, they're Braden Smith, they're right around the corner. And oh, I yeah. think the Colts would be smarter than not to get those done quicker, so that way they're not 
these guys aren't getting the extension, they're just kind of boosting that number up higher and higher that the Colts have to match or even pay more. Yep. Um, and last but not least, Cardinals and center Rodney Hudson agree on a three-year, $30 million extension. The Cardinals have been making moves this yeah. this offseason, man. J.J. Watt, uh, A.J. Green. DeAndre Hopkins last year. DeAndre Hopkins. Like, the, the Cardinals are going for it. It's it's kind of – it's exciting. I like the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, I mean – you got you to put some talent around Kyler Murray. He, I don't think oh, he's yeah. – I don't know that he's ever going to be good enough to carry a team on his own. So um, try maybe try to win one on his rookie contract still. Who knows? That's what – I mean, that's what a lot of the teams are doing is loading up on big contracts while you still have these quarterbacks on their rookie deals and you're not having to pay them big quarterback money. So – and I think that's exactly what the Cardinals are trying to do. That's what the Rams were doing when they are so good. Now mm-hmm. then they paid Jared Goff and – Things went downhill. So um, that's it, though. Uh, got the social up here. Um, go follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at the Educated Fan. That's at T H E E H D U C A T E D F A N. Um, anything, anything to add before we send the people off to uh, their weekend, Andrew? Free agency is pretty much over. So our next couple episodes are going to be all about the draft. We're going to get into basically the offensive side of the ball for the Colts and the defensive side of the ball, kind of what they're, what they might be looking at some prospects that, that Brandon and I like, and uh, it's going to be fun. We're kind of full steam ahead. And then I think we're, we're going to do a a mock draft episode like we did last year too, right before the draft. So uh, it's going to be fun. I love draft season. Andrew does love draft season. This is my second one uh, paying attention hardly at all. Um, so hopefully I am still motivated to do all that work. And and I, I was real into it last year. I was like, I'm going to make this shit good. Um, sure, I can find the time to do it. Hey. It, it got us on the Michael Pittman train. We were both on. And I'm gonna, look. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna give you guys listen. Draft episodes. Get ready for some on screen action here. We're gonna, we're gonna have some <laughs> graphics, and I'm just learning all sorts of new fun stuff. Um, next week, there's not going to be an episode again. It is going to be on Tuesday, a week from this Tuesday. So we did a late episode this week to kind of blend last week and this week. Um, so the next episode is going to be the following Tuesday. Like I said, I'm traveling for a wedding. Best man. I got to do some best man shit. And that doesn't include uh, doing this show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's just the way it is. Um, but like I said, go follow us uh, down here. Um, for you YouTube listeners right now, go like, subscribe. Wait till we finish the video, then go to the video that posts and then like, and comment that too. Uh, but also subscribe, uh, you know, so you always know when we're going live, when our schedule gets a little wonky, like it is right now. Um, hopefully we have some normal weeks ahead after that, but, um, until next time, Andrew, go Colts, go Colts. I fucking love football and I love you guys.